Live commercialized humiliation for the masses on this week of Of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben. And guess what, y'all? I'm still the Ben of that. I am still somehow the Leslie. This is a weekly podcast about Netflix original comedy series, Bojack Horseman. And Leslie, my pal, what episode are we talking about today? Today we are going to be discussing Season 2, Episode 8, Do They Know Things? Let's find out. Let's find out. It's a zany episode this week on Of Horses and Men. Really just full to the brim with Todd Foolery. It's the first live taping of Wanda, Mr. Peanut Butter, and J.D. Salinger's game show, Hollywood Stars and Celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. Bojack has volunteered to be one of the first contestants so that he can support his girlfriend's ambitions. Mr. Peanut Butter is an intense game show host, and his gentle ribbing starts to get under Bojack's skin, especially when boy wizard and significantly more famous celebrity Daniel Radcliffe is revealed to be the surprise guest. Bojack intentionally flubs an answer for Wanda's sake, making himself vulnerable to the mockery of Mr. Peanut Butter and the audience. Bojack snaps back at his friend, and the two of them air their dirty laundry on live television. Will this conflict bring J.D. Salinger the ratings he desires, or will it all be for naught? Mm, this is a fun one. Honestly, this is a really, really fun one, and and uh, this was a good this was a good place for them to go after Hank after Dark. To be honest, obviously, Leslie, you and I uh, sometimes fall sway to taking um, extended breaks from recording this program. Uh, so sometimes I forget. Oh yeah, this show is supposed to be binged. And yeah. Hypothetically. Someone who was watching this in the year 2015 just came off a very, very dark episode. Very dark. Very dark. Speaking of which, folks, sorry for the delay. Leslie had some vacations. I had some producer shit I had to do. It happens. We're back. back. It's fine. That said, uh, yeah, this is definitely, if you're binging this show, you you would absolutely need something a little lighter after Hank After Dark, I would think. Uh, Do we remember what like the final note of the last episode was i know toward the end is the scene in the parking garage with diane yeah where he's like none of this will matter yeah none of this will matter oh no it was um i mean i was looking into it earlier but i can't remember specifically oh it's it's hey smile in the airport. yes okay i thought that might have been it but i wasn't sure if that was the same episode or not yeah, yeah it's, it's, I just remembered because I used the Toblerone. Yeah, I was the, just about uh, to say Diane with her giant Toblerone and the guy saying, hey, smile. And like how disgusting that was. But you know what? We're not here to discuss that episode anymore. That episode is behind us. No, of course. But I, I, I think it's certainly, but if we're talking about like, you know, the juxtaposition between, the, yeah. you know, yeah, sure, sure. The juxtaposition between how horrible that was and how lighthearted and, and, and oddly relatable this one is. Yeah. This one, uh, this one has a nice energetic start. It does. Uh, if, if we came off that downer, all of 15 seconds ago or however long it takes Netflix to load the next episode. This one has a, a, a cool, real dynamic, uh, start to it. Uh, this is the kind of, um, tracking shot that, I mean, we almost see this, this is essentially kind of the, the same animation thing they do for the theme song. Yeah. Where it yeah. is, uh, it, it's a, a tracking shot that focuses on one frame of animation as it moves through a much larger environment. Yeah. Um, I also just described animation as a concept, but like, hear me out on this one. You. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, but like this kind of tracking shot is is specific to like the opening theme of this show, and sure. also like this scene in particular. Uh, basically, the um, it almost feels like a like a Disneyland ride or something as it shuffles through like the various scenes of everyone kind of coming together to to. Mr. Peanut Butter is doing his, like, morning vocal exercises before they start filming. People are running around with scripts. Hey, I need the average rainfall in Bora Bora. Um, it's like Disneyland a, a... or Disneyland? Sorry, you're right. Silly me. I know. Um, but it's cool. You see all these little dioramas in action as, as you follow Wanda, um, just like a few feet behind her, as, as she makes her way uh, toward the, the control booth. Uh, and this, discovers uh, what iPad and discovers what iPads do. And discovers what iPads do. Yes, right. Oh, I'm still working my way up. Oh, you just touch it. That's Love such Wanda. a good line. Love Wanda. That's such a good line going. So good. Uh, she's handed an iPad and she like drops her Palm Pilot so that she can interact with the iPad. And then oh, is you delighted just touch to find, it. Yeah, delighted to find. Oh, you can just touch it. You can just touch it. Um. I especially like the uh, the the last bit of this tracking shot, where the camera kind of pans up over her, and you see JD Salinger in his like laboratory of evil. Oh yes, oh, as yes. he's as he's commanding the. I, I forget his exact line. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the next thirty minutes, I am that god. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Um, and also when he gives away the pen as well. Like his, like J.D. Salinger's big giveaway trophy moment is, is when he, he tells all the interns that if they do a good enough job, they can get this, this pen that will write in red, black, blue, and for some reason green. For some reason green. And for some reason green. And that is, that is what everyone aspires to. Again, which, which of course leads to the B-plot of Todd trying to get that pen. So. Of course, Todd has been given a, a very minor objective, which means he must conquer this extremely minor objective. Yes, exactly. Or ignore it completely in some episodes. Well, he did a pretty good job this time. Yeah, he actually did get, uh, get it. Lizzie, we frequently say on this program that some of our favorite episodes are the Hollywood satire ones. Um, and this is certainly... Um, I, I, guess I, I guess actually this is more of a question. Is this show satire? Is this episode satire? Because it's oh not my really. God, yes. Are you kidding me? Is there? But is there any like? But like, okay, the game show itself, like. Oh no! 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 The game show is so is so removed from reality. It doesn't feel like it's actually poking at any like. Like this isn't making fun of Jeopardy. I heartily disagree. So oh. it isn't that it's making fun of Jeopardy or shows of its ilk, but it's definitely making fun of the celebrity culture of. Um, celebrities being guest stars on any given game show. Um, you know, having Daniel Radcliffe be the guy who is, who is uh, competing alongside BoJack was certainly a send-up. This is absolutely a send-up of... I can't, even think, I can't even think of examples in which... Celebrity celeb- Jeopardy. Yeah, like, well, beyond Celebrity Jeopardy, but, you know, no, there's sure, Celebrity sure. like Will of Fortune, there's Celebrity Family Feud, all that stuff. I mean, it's all just a big send-up of it, and uh, and I thought it was really brilliantly done. And and big props to Daniel Radcliffe, by the way. Can we just send some big ups to Daniel Radcliffe for his participation in this episode? Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but go ahead, folks, at Daniel Radcliffe on Twitter, and you can send him some big ups if you so wish. I have no idea if that's his Twitter handle. I, he does probably he have Twitter? Twitter? Nah, he's probably too cool for that. He's too cool for Twitter. Um, no, certainly. I, I guess there's just some elements that I, I don't know how... Okay, I don't know what the intense blood-curdling screaming was supposed to be riffing off of. So so the intense blood-curdling screaming was sort of... I think that, that you have to go a little bit deeper with that because most of the time with game shows like that, you have very attention-grabbing sounds that are Certainly. meant like pleasant ones, not blood-curdling screams, but pleasant yes, sounds yes. that are meant to grab your attention. And I think that they just kind of went over the fence and beyond the fourth wall with, with let's, you know, I did it and whatever, like the crazy screams were meant to highlight how ridiculous reality television and game shows and, 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 and entertainment of its ilk actually are when it comes to having to make concerted efforts to grab your attention. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I can think of the, the, the kind of music that plays when they come back from commercial for Family Feud or um, Wheel of Fortune or whatever else, even though, granted, I haven't seen any of those programs in maybe a decade. But precisely, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, um, it just seemed that that's that just seemed when I when I when I said earlier that like it felt like this was so removed from a, an actual program that it didn't feel like satire to me. I'm not saying like I didn't get the joke, therefore it's not satire. I just mean like it feels so well, it feels like so many levels removed from well, what we actually have on TV that I don't know. They went they went really meta with it. Like they really Certainly. just took it beyond to, to make the joke there, um, because the thing is, you have to. Because if you think about it, reality television... Oh, game shows are already absurd enough. Exactly. Like, game shows, like, it's already so absurd that you have to really up the absurdity ante to make sure that people understand where the joke is. Yeah, similar to the the gag that people say now, like, oh man, the the Onion writers must be struggling to think up satire in the Trump world. (laughs) Right, yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. Because reality is already absurd enough. Or in this case... Game show television. Sure, sure. I do like, uh, I did like the the kind of montage. Uh, there's a point in this episode, folks, where uh, Bojack basically kind of cracks the code of how to play the game once Princess Carolyn uh, reveals to him uh, that uh, Mr. Peanut Butter is... Folks, this may shock you. Mr. Peanut Butter's poker face is terrible. He has a tell. Yeah. Yeah, who knew that character seemingly defined by his enthusiasm and emotions? <laughs> Anywho. It's fine. Um, but he has a but, tell. Bojack figures out what the tell is. Yeah, but there's a montage of just like absurd game show scenarios that, you know, anything from that look to be anything from like normal shit like Family Feud and Wheel of Fortune all the way up to uh, what was that Nickelodeon game show? Double Dare? Yep, that's the one. (laughs) They had to shove their hands up giant noses and fall into ball pits and all that nonsense. Good. Slime. Double dare. Good old Nickelodeon slime. Good old slime. Those absurd shots of them like running around in like Velcro suits and hanging from harnesses from the rafters of the studio. I appreciated yeah. all of yeah, those. Yeah. Little, all of those little bits. No, that was all awesome. That was all wonderful. So let's go ahead and talk about the one really important part of this episode. Yes, yes, we absolutely should. And that is the interaction between Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter regarding Diane. 
Yes. Uh, for a good chunk of this show uh, so far up until this point, Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter's uh, relationship has been almost entirely defined by, man, fuck that guy. And then Mr. Peanut Butter uh, being unable to uh, understand that Bojack doesn't like him. Not why Bojack doesn't like him. Mr. Peanut Butter seems quite oblivious that Bojack doesn't like him, like, at all. At all, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, my he, dear friend Bojack that. Horseman. What's wild about this is that it plants into the plot that Mr. Peanut Butter has clearly been privy to the information that Bojack, you know, tried to kiss Diane for some time, like he's known about it. Like you go back and you watch prior episodes before this and you have to think about the fact that Mr. Peanut Butter was aware throughout. And, uh, and uh, I thought that was great. I thought that was really well done. Um, and like you said, Mr. Peanut Butter is normally like the dopey, happy-go-lucky. I mean, he's a golden retriever and they, they portray him that way very, very often. This is one of those episodes where they give him a little bit of depth and they allow him to... I mean, he calls Bojack out for his actions, frankly. And that's when... And I love the plot device of Wanda being so enthralled by the iPad that she missed almost the whole thing. Almost until, all yeah, of it. Up until the very up end. Up until the where, very where end. The, she, yeah. she missed Wait, the Bojack fact... Wait, Bojack is Diane? Yeah, she missed the fact that that was the big conflict. Yeah. I don't know what's happening right now, but the audience is losing their tits. Yes, exactly that. And and I loved it. And uh, Sorry, Lisa Kudrow, for that so-so oh, impersonation of you. No, well, no one could be Lisa Kudrow, honestly. She does such a great job in this role. No, she, I love Wanda. Wanda's oh, Wanda's like fantastic. Carrie. That said, uh, yeah, the, the, the big conflict between Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter, where Mr. Peanut Butter says, oh, you mean like when you tried to kiss my wife? And then Bojack is like, well, how do you know about that? And then Mr. Peanut Butter says, oh, well, there are little hints here and there. And also she told me because she's my wife. Which Yeah, yeah. He, I, I love that the start of that joke with, oh, well, there's cameras up and down the interstate. And I have friends uh, who, are, who are on a highway patrol. And oh, also she's my wife and she told me. Yes, it was lovely. And honestly, that, this has been one of the moments where I felt as though the audience is being told to take Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter's relationship incredibly seriously. Like, we should be taking this very seriously. No matter what happens with it, which we know in the future, um, the relationship itself should be taken very seriously because clearly they're a team. They talk to each other. That's what's up. And, and I really, really liked that. I love that. They didn't show us like there, there are a lot of moments in television in which it's like, you know, show us, don't tell us mm-hmm. when it comes to the storyline. But I felt That's like, a good tell reveal, though. Yeah, that was a really good tell reveal. Exactly. I felt as though that was a really, really appropriately, tastefully, very well done way of cutting out the middleman of making us watch something that could have been incredibly tedious and then just telling us what it was. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how you reveal that sort of information. There's not really a good way to show the sentiment, oh, sure. no, I know about this because my wife told me. Sure. That, that is a tell action. Absolutely. Absolutely. The alternative would be just like, I don't know, the end of that episode, but then it cuts across the highway and you see, like, Mr. Peanut Butter watching from the bushes or whatever. Right, which is, we don't need that. Like, we, don't, yeah. we, we didn't need that. We, well, well, it also would not make sense. <laughs> yeah. But also, I was just out here going on a walk. 
But also, she's my wife, and she told me, fantastic, just beautiful, wonderful, wonderful bit of storytelling there. So, uh, Mr. Peanut Butter is the host of uh, Hollywood Stars and Celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. And during the course of the show, he appears to be a, a very, as, as I said in my intro, a very intense host. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's he's doing all sorts of weird somersaults and, like, normal audience banter. But when it comes to uh, interacting with his contestants, he is suddenly very harsh and his uh gentle ribbing and banter uh kind of starts to get under bojack's skin and hits home in a couple uncomfortable oh, ways yeah. especially up into the point where he says that's why my wife had to write that book for you yeah that uh, well that's where it started going a little wrong that's where it started going a bit sideways between bojack and mr peanut butter which you know certainly Di- you know best-selling book diane is certainly credited in there as a ghostwriter presumably um you know, even if it's all buried um, behind the title page in that little paragraph that tells you the publishing locations or whatever. Mm-hmm. Surely she's credited in some facet, but like the average reader just assumes probably Bojack made that. Sure. Um, hey, also, especially if you are um, if, if you are a big celebrity and you pride yourself on your creativity and talent, uh, suddenly revealing you are not responsible for an artistic work that your name is on on live television is a devastating uh yeah revelation yeah like when he said burn but it's a little more important than that uh yeah a bit more especially yeah when he's like oh my wife wrote that book for you it's like ooh, that's uh he won an emmy for that book (laughs) fuck i keep forgetting that (laughs) he won an emmy for that book um which i on the one hand like obviously in in no reality would a book win an emmy but also yeah, no one was confused about that. Don't worry. No, but also, you know, that was Diane wrote that book. She wrote that book. That's yeah, her it, Emmy, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, like, if you looked into it, absolutely, you would find Diane's name attached to that. Um, sure. But, sure. you know, if you didn't know, you didn't know, and the average consumer probably didn't know. Well, the average consumer doesn't look into it that much, I don't think. Yeah, the, yeah, I I certainly don't. I wouldn't care. Right. Sorry, ghostwriters of the world. Well, they're all judging you now. Congratulations. It's okay. I had to make enemies somehow. <laughs> I'm slightly slurring that word, and I think I've said ghostwriter once or twice. Ghostwriter! Uh, I do I do love the ghostwriter, uh, and I would hope very much that he does not use the penance stare on me. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, I mean, that's a very telling interaction, and obviously it, it leads to a... You know, it's been a while since I've seen the remainder of season two and season three, so I don't know if it does lead to a, a stronger uh, bond between those characters because I kind of forgot how they interact. And certainly, uh, last time I watched season the end of season two and season three, I was not watching it with while taking notes and with the intent to uh, analyze it on a podcast. Sure. Uh, but it definitely leads to a different dynamic between the two of them, whether oh, or not yeah. that is stronger or not. Because uh, at J.D. Salinger's insistence, they have to resolve this conflict live on air. Yes, because that's because how that's, television works. That's how television works. It's all about resolving drama. <laughs> um, and that's how we achieve human enlightenment through art or whatever is the resolution of conflict. Sure. Um, no, like literally, that's a direct quote. I'm not, phil- I'm not being philosophical. That is J.D. Salinger's direct Oh, no, I, I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I do think so it's they... funny, too, how uh, Mr. Peanut Butter comes back from the break, and he's like, well, J.D. Salinger wants me to forgive Bojack live on the air, but I'm my own person, so I'm going to choose to forgive Bojack live on the air. Like, 
Where's the, <laughs> where's the agency really? The only, the only way it would be fair is if Bojack, or if I kiss Bojack too. That way Diane and I have had the same experience. I mean. That's such a good line though. Not to be that guy, but I was here for it. I'm just yeah. saying. I also love how that's not shown. Uh, not in the, I didn't want to see it way, but I think it is significantly. No, it definitely, that. it definitely, the joke lands a lot. Uh, it really sticks the landing when they don't show it for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a lot funnier that like significantly more dramatic stuff happens that pulls the audience's attention away from that. Agreed. Agreed. It, it boils down to before the forgiveness point, Bojack kind of drops a, a bit of a bombshell, which is that um, he is jealous of the fact that Mr. Peanut Butter uh, does not seem to have negative feelings about himself. Right. Since Bojack is a character, if you're new to the show, Bojack's a character who drowns in self-hatred. Oh, yeah. Um, but Mr. Peanut Butter does not suffer from that, and Bojack is very jealous that Mr. Peanut Butter does not suffer from that. Yeah. Um, which, you know, they are significant. I mean, they are designed to be foils to each other. They have the same, pretty much the same sitcom during the same time period, and they both went off to semi-retirement, and they live up in the same neighborhood, as far as I can tell. And um, now they're they're both the same way show together. So there's that. Yep. yep. But the whole thing being that, like, you know, Bojack is a self-hating piece of shit. Sure. And Mr. Peanut Butter seems to be enjoying his life just fine and doesn't seem to actually have problems. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. He will have problems. Well, we'll get into but that when it happens. Not yet. Not yet. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a revelation that that Bojack is just upset and jealous that his counterpart is 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 not dwelling in the same misery that he is. Sure. Um, and that doesn't terribly get addressed further because then the uh, then the revelation that uh, Bojack kissed Diane pops up, and we kind of scoot yeah. away from that plot point. But you know that. That is a lens you can certainly read into from the beginning of the show, and that's a lens you can read into throughout the rest of the show. I was I mean, going to I mean, it is important, and it's interesting that they touch on it. Despite yeah. the fact that they don't go into it too much, they do touch on it, and I think that that's meant to bring your attention back to the fact that it does exist. Yeah, I mean, Bo yeah, Bojack's jealousy of Mr. Peanut Butter is... It's present throughout, whether that's jealousy over Diane... Or, I mean, there's the whole episode where they're trying to one-up each other over oh, God, uh, yeah. uh, absurd gifts to win Diane's yeah, yeah, affection. Yeah. Well, that's our, our A story is a D story. The first exactly. good episode. Yeah. I forgot that we made that distinction, but yes, you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, anyway, that's an, that's an underlying thing, but it, it's, it's, it's interesting when they, they explicitly say it like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Leslie. Ben. Do you remember the time period? When television executives were trying so goddamn hard to make us give a shit about second screen experiences. You know I don't. Oh, man. So from like 2009 to 2012. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's still ongoing. I think HBO had one for Game of Thrones or whatever. It was just like, to get out your iPad, you can follow along with uh, IMDb right. facts okay. on your... Yeah, no, I never did that. I never bothered with that. Oh, neither did I, because I thought it was the death of art. <laughs> um, there was even a, there was like a, I don't remember who made it. There was like some smart TV that was put out that was like, hey, if you pause the show at any point, little boxes will pop up on the screen letting you know, or that'll allow you to like recognize who that actor is or whatever. 
They do that on Amazon now. IPad. If you watch hmm? Amazon, if you watch Amazon now, like videos on Amazon Prime, they'll do that. Ah, okay, okay. Well, then it was probably like the Amazon Fire Stick or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That that first started introducing something probably. along those lines. Uh, may I just say, uh, fuck that. It's annoying and shitty. Shit. It's annoying and <laughs> shitty, and who cares? It's like it's like if I wanted to watch like. If I wanted to watch pop-up videos, pop-up videos would still exist. Yeah. Okay, um, pop-up videos. Are you, do you remember pop-up video? It was on VH1 back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Right, right. Yeah, just when I was entering preschool. Yeah, and then, well, no, thanks for that. Anyway, <laughs> pop-up videos was basically, it was a show in which they would, they would just screen music videos on VH1. But sure. Like little facts about the videos would just like pop up on screen as the video was going, like a fact about this. And it was really entertaining. That is the only medium in which I think it works. I think if you're engrossed in a TV show or in, in a film or what have you, having to go to the sidebar to look up facts about it is bullshit. And we should not do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah, especially since, hypothetically, a music video is something you may have seen a dozen times already. Exactly, and it's only like four minutes long at the most, probably. And this is not taking away from your initial viewing experience. Exactly. But when you try to do that with, like, again, I think HBO tried to incorporate this, so I'm just going to keep saying Game of Thrones. But, like, yeah, if you do that, like, the new Game of Thrones episode is out, and then you're, like, watching your iPad half the time. No. Boy, don't do that. No. No. But, like, okay, I mean, it's one thing where, like, okay, uh, a lot of television that I watch, I watch while playing a very simple game on my computer. Um, like, a game that doesn't take a lot of brain energy for me, like Civilization Five or Minecraft or whatever. Sure, And for sure. people who play those games, they'll, they'll know what I mean. Like, yeah. they're just games I can kind of autopilot through. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's how my brain works. My attention span is weird, and I need to process more information than sometimes TV gives me. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't you. know why I actually do it. Definitely. But there's a difference between me, like, occasionally playing, like, a, a, a color-matching game on my phone while watching TV, and the producers of that television show actively trying to distract me from the art they've made. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like there's a huge... Like, for some reason, I, I don't have a problem with me doing it on my own phone, but it's weird when the executives are trying to get me to do it. You know why? For their own art. Because it's it's your viewing experience, and you get to make that distinction. But yeah, then exactly. when someone else is trying to force it on you, it feels like advertising, and it feels gross and wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, why why do you want me to look... Don't you want me to appreciate the thing you've made? Don't you want me to see these subway ads? No, they want you to spend money. That's what they want. This episode of A Horse's Men brought to you by Jimmy John's. <laughs> and I, I had Jimmy John's for dinner! Oh, all right. Today's episode of A Horse's Admit actually brought to you by Jimmy John's. It supplied the energy Leslie needs to talk about a horse. <laughs> They're like really close to my house and it was very fast and I was hungry. So Fast and affordable. That's fast, right. Jimmy affordable. John's. Use the offer code SADHORSE to get... <laughs> Use the offer code DEPRESSION to get... <laughs> Dear God. Oh, someday. Lord. Someday. If you'd like to sponsor the show, that's infinitybreak23 at gmail.com. Right then. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, yeah, so second screen experiences, man. Um, just fuck that shit. <laughs> just yeah, watch the for show. sure. Yeah, just watch, watch the it. show. If you... Just shut up and watch the show. 
Just watch the show. If you have a question about, like, what else Sean Bean's been in, just fucking open IMDb on your own time. It's you just, know what I usually cares? do? I will usually watch a show, like, in, in its episodic entirety. Uh-huh. I'll watch it. I'll be entertained by it. And then it's, like, the moment that the show is over, I will Google name of show AV Club. That's the first thing that I always do if I really like oh, the show. Oh, recaps or whatever? Yeah, oh, yeah, for, like, reviews and stuff. But, like, I engage in the show while I'm watching the show. I just wait for it to be over, and then I and then I just spend like half an hour looking into shit that people have said about it. But I have to watch yeah. it first. Yeah. Like you can't be doing the second screen experience. The second screen experience is terrible. Yeah, and it's not like people are. I mean, certainly it's not like executives are like forcing us to do this stuff. Right. Um, sure. You know, sure. Sure. We for, for now we are at the stage, and I. I mean. I'm not saying that in a weird dystopian way where we will eventually be forced to find out IMDb trivia facts. Um, but, you know, at the stage now, it's it's an optional thing, but I just, I found it absurd that that was being promoted so heavily for so long. Sure, sure. I remember, you, you, you of course, brought up pop-up videos. I remember when I first encountered, uh, not a second screen experience, but like the on-the-screen sort of thing was that uh disney channel would air some disney channel original movies right uh with like little pop-up facts about it uh starting with high school musical good lord high school musical so that's the generation gap between leslie and i Woo! <laughs> we can't let's not call it a generation gap if it's only like five years <laughs> um i think we maybe can though because you're like we both have different examples of what this is sending up Mine is puppet videos. Yours is the high school musical experience. So I don't All know. All in this together. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> um, actually, it can be called a generational gap because like as technology and media move faster and faster and That's faster. That's what I'm saying is it's like, you know. Like, like last year is a different generation from this year now. Truly. We're going to, we're going to get that down to a week. Can't wait. Last week's memes are incomprehensible to this week's audience. I can't even think of a meme to reference. I'm sorry, I'm old. Shit, it's... No, we're both... I'm older than you! What are the kids like these days? Fortnite? I uh, Overwatch? <laughs> no, that's old now. I'm not even kidding. That's oh, old now. Oh, no! It's old now! Yeah, I think, I, I think Fortnite is the new thing. I think Fortnite yeah. is the new thing. Yeah. I am I am not even kidding when, when I say that there has... There's also been a full... Uh, video game that everyone cared about between those two video games. Dream Daddy? Uh, in the form of... Hmm? Nothing, never mind. Did you say Jumanji? I said Dream Daddy. Oh. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh like Ronald McDonald there. Um, oh, kids, back in the day, there used to be this clown called... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, it's fine. Uh, no, it was it was Overwatch, and then everyone cared about Player Unknown Battlegrounds, and then Fortnite. Oh yes, okay, you're right, you're right. And I, I'm sure I'm sure Fortnite's about to face some something's about to come on the horizon. Yeah. We just don't know what yet. Yeah. I no, I literally remember when eh, this is a little to the side, but I remember when like we were like five months into Player Unknown Battleground being a big deal. And they're like, What about this other battle royale game? And it just it moved so quickly that I was like, Wait, wait, are these the same game? There was a brief moment where I assumed it was the same game. Oh wow. And then I felt like, I don't know, my parents when I asked for an N64. Well, it is what it is. We're old. Just just own it. Just own that we're old. Old as balls. Immediately. Old as balls. Just own it. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, 
just engage with the media as it's meant to be engaged with. Precisely. All right. What was your favorite joke? My favorite joke was literally very early on in the episode. It's when the show, the Hollywood stars and celebrities just kind of gets going. And Mr. Peanut Butter is, is starting his kind of first round of jokes with Bojack Horseman. And it's at the first indication that uh, Mr. Peanut Butter is being weirdly aggressive with it. And it just cuts back to the control booth. And you hear J.D. Salinger go, yes, Mr. Peanut Butter, go in for the kill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I did really love that and a lot. That, I literally snorted over that one. Yeah. Because it just it's so intense for such a mild moment. Yes, I loved that a lot. I don't know though. Um, you know what my favorite joke was? Hit me. When Daniel Radcliffe and Bojack were backstage, and of course Daniel Radcliffe is like, "Oh no, I don't remember you," and Bojack is like, "Oh, we shared a smoke together and this and that." But then he remembered, like the the Ellen wardrobe later. Uh, yeah, yeah, wardrobe lady or whatever. Lady. But then he referred, he called Bojack Chadwick Boseman. Fuck, that was funny. And can I tell you, when I first First watched... You didn't know who that is. I did not know who Chadwick Boseman was. I did not. And so when I did my my subsequent rewatches, like at least two before we started this podcast, um, and he said, you know, Chadwick Boseman, I was like, holy fuck, that's a real person. And that's really close to Bojack Horseman's name, so that's really fucked up and hilarious. That was my favorite. Uh, for the my listeners favorite. who may not remember, or perhaps maybe we haven't mentioned it. No, we definitely have. Leslie binged the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe over the course of about five business days. You're right. You're right, I did. I and sure that was did. only a couple months ago. <laughs> it truly was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't know who Chad McBoseman was, and I only found out way after watching this. Yeah. So that was um, fun, fun times. Despite the fact that we watched this show in two different ways, in two different years, at two different starting points, and at two different speeds, I also didn't know who Chadwick Boseman was when this episode first came out. <laughs> and then upon rewatch literally uh, yesterday, realized exactly who he was talking about. Well, I've rewatched this episode. I just hadn't seen any Chadwick Boseman movies in 2014. I think that I have seen this episode like four times now. And so the, after, the, I want to say the third, when the third time that I watched it, I think was after my MCU binge. And I was like, holy fuck, that's a real person who really exists. And his name is very close to Bojack Horseman. And these writers are even more brilliant than I thought they were because I thought it was just a bunch of nonsense that he was saying I was wrong. So that's my favorite. That's my favorite one. The Chadwick Boseman joke is my favorite. I'm going to put out a meme through our Twitter that literally no one will get, but it'll be the, um, which are the best kind of memes, right? The super niche ones that don't spread. Oh, sure. Uh, but I'm going to put out the, uh, is this your king uh, line that Killmonger yells during Black Panther, but it's just going to be Bojack Horseman in his underwear. That is fucking brilliant. Oh, my fucking God. That is brilliant. I love it. I love it. I support it. I support you. I love you. Yes, 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 yes. Tens Thank a- you. Tens across Again. the board. I have to emphasize, I'm going into this knowing for a fact that no one's going to get this, except Tens for Leslie. Tens across the board. Tens across the board. Honestly, Ben, <sighs> who else are you even trying to entertain right now, if it's not me? It's just you. The only reason we're doing this show is because right? I like talking to you. Honest, same, honestly. You also like hearing yourself? Fuck off. I like talking to you. Oh, you like talking you. to me? Yes. I love I talking to you. I love 
about Tanya. Oh, you do. May I add uh, one more? May I cheat the system and add one more joke I enjoyed? Please, feel free. Oh, and Bojack barely got past his thesis statement. Okay, can, okay. actually, line. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I love the fact that his thesis statement was like an actual thesis statement on the subject at hand. Oh, he almost had a complete essay about the french revolution yeah which i mean not an essay but like if he no. had finished that if he had finished literally that sentence that would have been a perfectly fine like three sentence summary of the french revolution it was and, it, and that's what's hilarious about it is that he really did just write it down on his own and he's like and this brings it back to actually this is a bit of a character a bit of a character uh peek in because it's similar to the question that he answered about uh a wreck in Palestine, like in the previous episode, Hank After Dark, where... Oh, oh, the two-state solution. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, where Princess Carolyn was super concerned that he was going to put his foot in his mouth. He's like, actually, I think that... And then he just rattles off this insanely rational, logical solution that would work for both parties. Like, like it, it, it interests me that they, that they put these little Easter eggs in that, that remind you that Bojack is a multifaceted person and that he actually, he's got a brain. It's in there. He's, I mean, this is something that's like built into the comedy of the show, but I, I, I think might need to be remarked upon anyway. Bojack is like pretty expansively aware of like historic, historic persons and, uh, cultural persons who have maybe long since passed, like the man knows his history. He very much is. Yeah, he very much is. But like, it's built into the format of the show where, like, you know, a good chunk of the jokes are, you know, what are you, former vice president, Bill, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, then sometimes they'll put in stuff like this, and they did it two episodes in a row, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, uh, but like, folks, to be clear, um, <clears throat> not to pull back the curtain too much. I don't know half the people they mention on the show. Ah! Half the people they reference on the show, I have no fucking clue who they are. That's because you're a little young and baby. I know, I'm, I'm from 1984. You're a little young and baby. That's why. Because you're young. Today's episode of the show brought to you by the stork that brought me to my mommy. Good lord. Um, Is that, that's not, you do know that's not how that actually works, right? Hmm? Storks? Mm, we'll talk about that for Patreon content. Sure, sure. <laughs>
you know, it's built into the joke format of the show. But yeah, Bojack appears to be a little more knowledgeable than he lets on sometimes. Sure. Uh, that's about everything I have for this episode, though. Uh, it's a fun one, except for that. Well, I'm sorry, including that big emotional hurdle they have to jump No, it's over. just fun. This is just a fun one. I enjoyed it. All right. Uh, do you want to call it for now, then? Oh, sure. All right, folks. This has been of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben. Uh, it's okay. Um, in the 10th month of the year, the Virgo's rising. Uh, oh, I'm Ben of that, still. The stars have aligned. I'm still Ben. Oh, hey. Uh, even though something is probably in retrograde at this point, I'm still the Leslie. Is it? Are we in Leo right now or Sagittarius? Who, who cares? Who, who cares? gives a shit? You're right. Who gives Fair a enough. shit? I don't know. You got that scarf around your head. You look like a fortune teller. So I do. Isn't that a great scarf? Look at it. It's very uh, folks for the listener at home. It's extremely rainbow, which is a very good descriptor of Leslie. Me. When's the last time you got the, uh, do you still got the rainbow eyebrows or eyelid, eyelashes? I literally, I'm sorry. I almost I, said eyelids. I literally got my rainbow lashes filled this afternoon. So I have brand okay, cool. new ones as of like four hours ago. So you are presently right now best described as the experience. Yeah. That is Leslie Yates. Yeah. Well, that's the experience that is Leslie Yates. I'm Ben Hamlin. This has been Of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben. Uh, folks, you can find me at B-E-N-C-H-A-M-L-I-N over on Twitter. That is Ben C. Hamlin. That is my full given Christian name. It is not Ben Chamlin, as so many employers ask me. <sighs> Anywho, um, <laughs> I'm always talking about comics and other such bullshit uh, over there online. Leslie, where can people find you on the internet? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Vanetti, V-A-N-E-T-T-I, in which I am retweeting memes, sheaves, talking about Ant-Man, talking about whatever, talking about BoJack Horseman. Please come talk to me. I'm very nice. Leslie, your, your, your Twitter has become such a, a desolate wasteland now that you're no longer tweeting about the rains down in Africa. I know. I know. That was a great project. Like, what's the on, point? What's the point? What's the point? Delete what's, your Twitters now. Don't point? talk to us. Don't listen to the show. <sighs> Please listen to the show. Please leave a review. Uh, you can leave a review on iTunes. Uh, five stars is great. Any lower? No, thank you. We have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash infinity break where you can start a monthly donation with us for as little as $1 a month. That, of course, helps us create this show and create more shows like it. Uh, recently, we launched the Speak of the Devil show, which is a live-streamed show every Sunday that, of course, rebroadcasts on Wednesdays on YouTube and iTunes. Uh, that is a has been a rather expensive project for uh, Infinity Break, and I may I just say that without the help of our donors, we truly would not have been able to afford that project. Uh, so the you know the more money we have on the Patreon bank, uh, the easier it is for us to take risks on content that we very much hope you will enjoy. Uh, so. Anyway, thank you for supporting us in whatever way you can. If not financially, then perhaps leave a review on iTunes or whatever listening platform you choose to listen to us on. Or, hey, honestly, for real though, you know what helps us the most? Tell your friends about Of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben. Please. Leslie, describe how someone might do that in a normal conversation. Hi there. Oh, hey, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Have, Have you, you heard watched... any good podcasts about depressed horses lately? <laughs> All right. That's, I can't, I can't follow that up. It's cool. We're cool. <laughs> yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. It's of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben. Oh, boy.
We'll see you next week, folks. See you next week, guys. podcast is part of infinity break where we're telling stories our own way you can find all of our shows podcasts web comics and more at infinitybreak.net stay up to date with new show announcements behind the scenes sneak peeks and updates on your favorite shows you can follow us on any social media platform by searching for infinity break 23 that's facebook twitter and instagram we have a patreon at patreon.com forward slash infinity break Every dollar helps us improve the quality of this show and create new shows like this one for your listening pleasure. Thank you for listening. Please tell your friends. And as always, stay in the loop.